Hello, and welcome to Praise Dionysus. Praise him! On today's episode, we will be discussing Superwoman Money Program by Elizabeth Davy, and we'll also be talking about Once by the Darlinghurst Theatre Company. Incredible. Exciting! Oh, let's get started. Let's do it. <laughs> Oh my god! Hello! Hi. Hi! Hi everyone listening, hello. So this is a voice you probably haven't heard before, unless you know her in real life, you yep. very fortunate person. Uh, this is Georgie Potter. Oh my god, hey! Oh my god, it's so <laughs> nice to have you here. Him. Praise him. I have never been so excited in my life! Ah, it's so nice to have you here. I'm honoured. Privileged. Ah. Just longed for the day <laughs> that I would be on this. I'm a big, big old bloody fan of this pod. <laughs> That's so sweet. That it's, means a lot. It's... The best. That's really lovely. The best. <laughs> um, oh, goodness. Okay, great. Well, why don't you tell me a bit about, like, what's been going on in, like, your last week or so? It's been... D- did you feel the earth shake? The earth shake? I did. You did? Yes. What was your experience of the very recent earthquake? Well, the thing was... Do you remember the, the big old big old one in 2021? In the the big earthquake. Yes. Yeah, the lockdown earthquake. I slept through it. And you... What, what was Like, what was your feeling when you heard the news? I was so sad. Yeah? I missed out. Everyone was talking and talking and I felt like everyone was the cool kid at school and I was just the loser. Oh, oh <laughs> because you're just sensitive to exclusion? Yes. That, that's all it was? Yes, it was. You and missed I, out just, on, okay. I wanted to feel something. Have you felt an earthquake before? No. No? No. Okay, have you felt like any sort of like large disaster? No. 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 Oh, wow. This was, this was a big deal. Right. It was very exciting. <laughs> Okay, so you got to feel this one? I did. Okay, great. Came back from work. Yep. Um, and I was just fiddle, just whatever, chilling in bed yeah. in my room. And then I'm just like, oh, a little shaky shake. And you know when you feel vibrations? Like, mm. it could just be like an appliance or something like that. Sure. And you're just like, meh, whatever. And then it got more intense and loud. And I'm just like, I don't think this is the dryer at all. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the dryer. So, yes. And then I... And I live with my cousin, and I'm like, Sarah? And she's going, yeah. I'm like, was that an earthquake? And she just went, yeah. I'm like, oh, cool. Well, this is great. <laughs> this is great. Fun. Was that the first like feeling that you had? Was like, this is great in a, like, a sincere way because you finally got to experience I it? I got to feel what it was like. Oh, so it wasn't even like a fear portion. Oh, I was <laughs> a little bit spooked. I'm like, what is going on here? But... I, I, I mean, no no one was hurt. Yeah. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Well, that is it. all I've heard. You haven't heard any updates about no, no fatalities, no, no injuries. No, yeah. I, I, I mean. <laughs> she laughed. She enjoyed it. So it's a failure of the media, not of you mm. being on top of like earthquake statistics. They should have known. They, sh- they should know. The media. Yeah, of course. Who yeah. dies? They talked about it all the time. <laughs> what is it about the, the earthquake experience, whether or not it's attached to this like desire to be included thing that you have? <laughs> What is it about? It's so lame. No, it's not lame at all. No, because it's also like a thing that I completely relate to, and I think a lot of people do as well. The thing of like, what is so attractive about the idea of an earthquake unifying you with other people? It's just like it's it's a shared experience. Okay. You know, but there are many shared experiences that don't involve like buildings falling down. But it's so unique. Okay, sure. Well, especially here, anyway. Like probably New Zealand or like California or something like that. You're probably a bit more. Like fearful and accustomed. And yes, prepared. and you have like drills and and everything like that. But we we we're not on the edge of two 
tectonic plates, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's quite, quite, a bit quite more a novel. Ra- it's a ra- it's a rarity. <laughs> oh sure, it's a <laughs> it's a rarity here. It's a more exotic crisis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure, mm. this is a unique style of privilege that I've never really engaged <laughs> with before. <laughs> I got to feel an earthquake. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's like somehow, somehow feels a bit like, I don't know, wealthy people envying the struggles of the poor. Yeah, looking down at them, just going, wow. Um, what else has been going on with you outside of, you know, crisis envy? Oh, crisis. <laughs> That's a really beautiful way to put it. I mean, oh, well, today I actually had an audition. Oh, yeah, what did yeah. you audition for? I auditioned for Captain Starlight. Okay. Which, um,. I was kind of ooing and ahhing about it. I'm just like, yeah, well, it was actually, it wasn't your stock standard, like, walk into the room. Hello, my name is Georgie, and I will be auditioning for Captain Starlight. It was... Which is how you normally handle auditions? I would hope not. (laughs) Just poorly introducing yourself. Hello, everybody, and then just scurry into a corner. With your hand written on your sweaty palm with your name on it. (laughs) My name is... Gorgon, like Gorgon no. Pooter. <laughs> Hello, Gorgon. <laughs> Hello, Jackie. Um, yeah, but it was a workshop. It was like a two-hour workshop. Because what is Captain Starlight? It is um, like performers uh, all around the country that uh, go to hospitals, do all kinds of things, and work uh, or perform and give a little bit of joy to uh, sick children. So children at like the Monash Royal Children's Hospital, Mm. um, stuff like that. So I work, I I teach kids and stuff like that. So I'm just like, oh, well, it'd be, you know, pretty good to just, even if it doesn't progress any further, it's just like I got like a two-hour workshop out of it and Mm. it was was a clowning workshop. Clowning. Okay, Mm. so what type of clowning? It was, I think it was kind of your... The, the person who took us through this was, she kind of taught us the basics of, of clowning and how it's very much um, about the audience and it's like giving joy and also kind of working together. Because apparently you work in pairs okay. at the, when you're doing the, the children's hospital stuff and visits and everything. Mm-hmm. And it's all, you know, it's a very um, major and minor thing. So it's like, instead of like a major chord or a minor, like a minor chord kind of thing, mm. it's more like um, like a supporting role and a kind of a principal role. And you can switch and change it around. Mm. And this was so valuable. I didn't, I, I've never done any kind of form of clowning before. I did musical theatre mm-hmm. in drama school. Maybe acting degrees may have gone through it a little bit more. And it was your first brush with clowning? Kind of, yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah, except from like, you know, all the characters that from McDonald's, the Ronald McDonald and, I don't know, the Hamburglar? Yeah. Was it the ham? I don't know. Yeah, he fully exists. He did. Yes. I don't know any others of them. Though. There's Birdie. Which one was Birdie? Birdie was like a vaguely lesbianly coded like <laughs> pilot. <laughs> And then there was Grimace, of course. Grimace, yes. <laughs> he was the purple one. The purple one that used to have a lot more arms than he currently does. He was much more of like a sludge octopus oh, than he currently beautiful. is. Oh, yeah, because he's now like a purple spud, isn't he? Yeah, just kind of like a... spud looking yeah, around. Like a magenta triangle. Um, yes. Good for him. Yes. Uh, sad. Yeah, but there's a whole world. There's it a, is. Yeah. I completely forgot. Of like McDonald's land. Yes. Yes, because they got sued by HR Puff and stuff. You're joking. Because their worlds were too similar. No! Yeah. I did not know this. Yeah, it's a whole thing. <gasps> That's mental. Yeah. Now you say this. <laughs> There's a lot of similarities. <laughs> What's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So um, why are you drawn to being a clown for six children? 
I just, well, I'm, I, 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 I'm going to try and say this in a non-creepy way. No, do it. I like kids. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't have been creepy without the preface. No, thank you. <laughs> I don't want to give any of my secret wants away. <laughs> but I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, um, I, well, I also do a lot of, in teaching, like I teach classes mm. for, uh, about ages two to four and a half, like okay. their parents come in and everything. It's a really fun job. We use puppets and all kinds of gorgeous stuff like that and um it's just really sweet and there's some kids that are just so sweet and mm. so and it's just like you know that you like have a rough day or whatever and it's like oh you know what it's gonna be okay because mm. tomorrow i get to see that kid or i get to see this kid mm. and it's really sweet because i still have kids that i don't teach anymore coming up to me like hi miss georgie it's my birthday tomorrow. And it's just like, oh, honey. Oh. And they come up to me and hug me and give me things. And it's just so sweet. God, okay. It's very sweet. See, like, clucky. Clucky. Is that what it is? It coming from, like, a maternal place, that type of joy I that you get from I feel like maybe, yeah, yeah. Definitely. I'm super clucky. Okay. Quack, cl- quack, quack? No. <laughs> <laughs> quack, quack. That's a dark, your <laughs> Chickens cluck. <laughs> what? Oh, cluck, cluck. Yes, but only ah, in like chickens. English. Like, you know how every country has its own take on what animals sound oh, like? Oh my gosh, yes. Yes. Do so... you know the seagulls in Finding Nemo in Russian? Mayor. Ma- oh. Mayor. What do they say? Mot. 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 Mayor. You're welcome. Did you watch the entirety of Finding Nemo in Russian? No, I just had a Russian friend who showed it to me. Oh, okay. Yes. And I'm just like, I need to know this information. <laughs> Taking it into my everyday life. Back to the children. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's... It, and I think it's a little bit different when they're, you know, some of them are very unwell. Yeah. And, like, you kind of see... Like, anytime you can kind of bring joy to anybody, not just kids, mm. it's just, like, it's a really nice thing okay you know i just it's it's very fulfilling oh so, my gosh sure and you're comfortable around like even not that you've done it yet mm. but assuming that you get this position you are rewarded your captaincy oh you, god you'll you'll be you think comfortable around that type of illness and yeah you know, like mortality and that yeah, type of thing yeah i think it's well it's a really interesting um it's very taboo obviously and i've had to sadly uh think about it a little bit more over the last kind of two years and stuff like that why and, two years I had a um, family friend that uh, passed away in 21, at the end of 2021. Sure, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, oh, thank you. Mm. Um, she, yeah, just extraordinary person. Mm. Um, was a nurse and just been with me for my whole life. And it's kind of like, you know, when you, it's almost like the impending grief is just as, it's pretty brutal as well as yeah. the, the, the after grief and stuff. It's just like... Righto, I know they're about to die. Okay, when's it going to be? Mm. How long left? It's like a little ticking time bomb. Yeah. And it's just like, oof. But I think, you know, it's important. It's like life and death. And it's something I had a, a really good discussion with, with my psychologist. Yeah. Um, she said, like, I was struggling to wrap my head around... This is getting very dark, listeners, but stay with me. Um... <laughs> We were talking about, I'm just like, you know, I'm struggling with the fact that, you know, her, like, who she is now, physically. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, she's 
she's buried in a really beautiful spot and like I go visit and bring flowers and stuff like that mm. and she's just like you, you kind of need to we need to kind of tr- change your perception of um your relationship with them now mm. you know there was your your kind of relationship with with them when they were here and now you're going into kind of a new phase of your relationship with her and that's your relationship with her when she's no longer here and remembering her Mm. and everything like that so it's now and that is the correct evolution that your psychologist is describing i think so and it's it's really working well and sometimes you know obviously you get waves or it kind of hits you like oh this sucks like Mm. but i think um you know, approaching that relationship in a different way and, like, you know, no one's truly really gone if you don't have memories of them and you don't... and you're still talking about them, you sure. know? Sure, yeah. And it's... it's... it's lame and death is really annoying because <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really rude, um, but it's... I think it's, it, it, like, you know, it's a really good lesson and I think for, for who this person was in my life she would have been really really you know she was so intelligent and so incredible um she's like it's it's almost like there's still lessons that i learned from her as well Mm. which is another really sweet thing in you know my relationship with her now that she's not here Mm. kind of thing and you know the animals passed away 20 20 years of my cat and and my 15 years of a dog all in the space of about six months it was just like boom. and so but i think you know death is is a part of the human experience it's not fun mm. at all but i think going through it and figuring out ways and that like there's no right reaction but you got to figure out the the best and most healthy reaction for you i mm. guess and i'm kind of figuring it out okay yeah so long-winded answer to that is no, I great. think I'll be I think it would be okay but it's really it really allowed that workshop really allowed me to play and have a lot of fun. Wait, like, with ideas of grief and stuff? No, or, no, no, okay, no, no. Sure, it's, yeah. it's, it's, oh god. <laughs> death, <laughs> death, 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 death. Um no, it was more like um here's your partner. I want you to um, come on, and one person's going to be like the major, one person's going to be the minor, like the supporting act and, and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And I want you to be household appliances. Uh-huh. And it was just, uh, come on, we come on. I was like, ah, yeah, hi. And just like supporting the person, and they're doing their thing, and I'm doing my thing. And like I go into like on the ground and blah, 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 and like kettle. Okay. And I was just like, <laughs> hot water at the end and it was really lovely the the um the instructor was like you had such a lovely sense of pride in yourself after you've done this little thing like yes (laughs) yay (laughs) and then it's just like oh look i don't really and it's like she described it as uh when you're in the shit it's like being able to laugh at yourself, mm-hmm. finding your inner child, or even like like a rebellious like little shit of a teenager. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, that's just a lot of fun. That's right. just so much fun. Like being a being a dork, mm-hmm. being able to laugh at yourself. And she said it's really good for like cabaret and stand up comedy to have these clowning skills as well. So mm. it's just like, God diggity damn, I think this is this is something that might be quite good. Yeah. Oh my goodness. 
Wow, what a great little like uh, awareness to yes, have. Yes, it was yourself. it was really really lovely. Mm. It was really good, and I was super stoked. Mm. And like, even if nothing comes out of it, I'm like, oh, that was great. Yeah, that's so the many, thing. So many skills. Yeah, and with you as a performer and a teacher and all the things you are, mm. like the theatrical world, yeah. it's so nice that for this thing that you haven't had, as you say, no performative experience yeah. of, you do seem to have what at least I understand of clowning. You have so many of those skills already. That's nuts. It's really, it was really fun mm. and something. I'm, I don't know, maybe would look into a bit more, I think, because I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, 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 because, I don't know, as, I don't know, sometimes people consider clownering to be such, I don't know, like... N- naive, juvenile, maybe? N- oh. Yeah, bit for spooky. sure. And maybe even, like, lower on the rung of, like, performance or yeah. something, you know? If we're, like, if we're going to construct a hierarchy, people yeah, tend, definitely. like, people outside of it tend to not put it very high in the world. No. Of, like Especially when you're judging things based on, like, intelligence or complexity. Where yeah. it's like, first off, that's a dull way to rank things. And then even just on top of that, I was just like, I, I certainly know that I, I'm sh- I, it's a guess. I'm pretty sure that I do not have the skills. Like even the skills you just listed in terms of like- I feel like you do clown- though. That's very kind. I don't think so. No, I think no, when no, you, no, no. When you start speaking of things of like, let your inner <laughs> child out and like be a, like a playful do this. It's you like- You are a playful do this. <laughs> that's very kind. But I feel like, nope. I feel like too often I find myself like trying to drown my inner child in a puddle. <laughs> And I wish Die, I had... bitch! <laughs> you little shit! But at the same time, I feel bad for him. I oh, wish... Yeah, no, no, we can't walk down that path. No. God, no. Oh, I don't... No, God. walk down. I already talked about death. <laughs> well, I just, your turn! Even like talking about this, it's like, you know that mental exercise that you're supposed to do? Not supposed to do, but can do, where you have to, like, shut your eyes and imagine walking up to yourself as a child oh, and it. giving them a hug. And it's like, what a destructive thing to Ew, do to an adult. I like to, they're like, what did I hear? On another podcast, I heard it's like, imagine, it's like if you're being mean to yourself, you're like, God, you're a piece of shit. Oh mm. my God, you you dickhead. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. It's like, now imagine saying that to eight-year-old Georgie. And I'm just like, oh. <laughs> well, if I'd said it then, maybe I'd be better maybe now. Maybe I'd be a better person. <laughs> maybe I'd be more tough. Yeah. Maybe I'd be mega stronger, bloody. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, but I see, I, I, and I hear that and it absolutely makes sense. I never yeah. hate the idea of any of my pals having a voice that negative inside of their heads. Yeah, it'd be But sad. it's like, I cannot unwire this, what I believe to be an unconscious belief that like that cruel, spiteful, hateful voice keeps me safe from things. And I Ooh, think it's that... it's a defense mechanism. Defense mechanism. It's like depression meets anxiety. It's like it's this cocktail that's mm, like, yeah, you know, feel you it. think it keeps you safe. And mm. it's just it's just your sympathetic, sympathetic nervous system trying to stop you from hating yourself Freaking in the future. Out. Or at least more so in the future. Yeah. It's I like, remember that. when you were yourself that one time and no one liked it? <laughs> Not doing that again. No! <laughs> you dickhead! <laughs> no, no. Don't do that. What about you? What about me? What have you been up to? This Oh, something very interesting happened. Go. On a similar train of like, I guess, vague morbidity, but with like a splash of in, like education in there. Oh, go on. So like because of the course that I'm doing, yes. I had to go to a wet lab at the Melbourne University. Well, just tell me what a wet lab is. A wet lab is one of these, it's <laughs> like a, like a <laughs> science. Sounds delicious. It's all. Well. <laughs> For some, it would be. Yeah. It's like a place where like, you know when you donate your body to science? Yes. 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 <laughs> so yes. it's like, this is one of the options. So you can like send it to Melbourne University. They have a wet lab there and like all these like medical oh. science things happening. And a wet lab is a place where you go to observe things that have been preserved and it's a wet lab because they like submerge it in formaldehyde oh, the to fluid. keep it. That's so, so interesting. It was insane. So we like rock up, put all these little smocks, go inside and there's just like yes. these like big silver tables just full of like arms and legs and portions of torsos and faces wow. and like hips and stuff. And, was, and how did you, how did you cope with, with all that? Better than I thought. Like I went in being like, mm. I made sure that I went with my pal Emily who I'm doing this course with because Bless. I knew that she would like help strengthen me. Yes. Um, yeah. But it was like truly fine. Like I thought, yeah. And I, <laughs> and part of it, 
Yeah, yeah, it was fascinating. I found myself getting really drawn into, like, once I kind of, like, coped, coped much faster than I thought I would with seeing, like, true dead people parts... It was yeah. like, okay, this is better than I thought. I was also, yeah, I don't know. So that, once I got past that and I sort of like looked and touched a bunch of things, I was like, okay, I get this. I then very quickly started getting much more transfixed, I suppose, on like, where the fuck am I? And then like looking around, like seeing all these like body bags around the place. Oh my. And seeing the technician man that was like dissecting something <gasps> in the back room. Wow. And it's like, I became much more, yeah, just really lost in like the world that I was suddenly in. And yes. wanting to just ask all these questions of how this like little world works. Because you're a very curious soul. <laughs> you are. Thank you. Well, you I'm a Gemini. So, yes, it's Gemini season. It's Gemini season. There it yeah. is. Um, yeah. That's so amazing. So it just really fascinated me. I... See, I'm also quite fascinated with, with that kind of stuff. I absolutely would have no idea what's going on. You could, like, describe this. It's like, and this is the blah, blah, blah part of the body. And I'd be like, what, is, what the fuck is that? <laughs> um, but my sister, I think she, I think, I don't know. Maybe I think she had a similar thing. She studied, um, she's an occupational therapist. Mm. And I think she did go in. And it's just like, I think it's such an amazing thing to do to donate your body to science yeah i agree so noble yeah the the like the, the the place and it's a credit to them as an institution absolutely but yeah they get apparently like about 200 bodies a year really is that's the number of people because you can that's sign up really good you have to choose where you want your body to go apparently right and just a lot of people choose melbourne university because they know what they're doing over there that's really good would you ever have you ever considered doing that with your body once you're done with it it's main. Well, I'm def. I'm definitely an organ donor. That is a because I don't need them. Yeah. Um. But I don't know. I've I haven't thought that deeply into it. With your organ donor status. Yeah. You don't have to tell me if you don't want to. No. Like let's very, do it. Let's, very... raise, <laughs> let's raise awareness. <laughs> um. Do you have any limitations on it? Because I was yeah. just speaking to a pal of mine, and he was like, "They can have everything except my eyes and skin." Ooh, interesting. Mm. But you're happy for them to take everything. Look, I reckon. Yeah. Just strip I for mean, parts. I mean. I'm, I'm not going to need them. <laughs> you know, I'm a bit dead. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I like to think I have nice eyes. <laughs> so whoever Someone gets my go. eyes, you can have them. <laughs> well, I walked sp- past this blackboard outside of an op shop the other day and it mm. said, let someone dress as fashionably as you do. And the idea was donating your cool clothes so other people could wear them. Oh, so, that's a nice little way of doing it. Yeah. What about you? Would you donate your eyeballs and your skin? Um, I, I'm only very freshly thinking about that level of detail about this thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Like, my pal who said those things mm. was like, his concern, which he said with all sincerity, was that he didn't want to come back as a ghost with no skin or eyes. Because he thought he'd be too scary. Oh, that's... <laughs> <laughs> Did he have... It, like plans to haunt like I that? Think, I don't think he thought it was up to him. Really? I yeah, I think mm. he thinks that you just get given the task. It's just like right <laughs> Go spook him. I wonder you if they, yes. Just... <laughs> yes, yes. And also That's... how do they determine like who gets to come back as a ghost? Like is there an audition process? That would Georgie would be, be fun... amazing at it? I don't know. Would I even would I just look at that and go, Meh. <laughs> I'm just going down like, you know, like Homer Simpson. When he goes into health for like eating that donut, and, like, and they, they get that machine, they keep feeding him donuts. That's a really scary machine. I Isn't think that it? donut eating machine in Simpsons Hell is scarier than that like Clockwork Orange eye open movie watching machine. <gasps> oh, with the Santa's little helper. I think. Oh, no, I've got I was going, I was going legitimate Stanley. No, no. <laughs> see, I haven't even seen it, but I just know in the Simpsons Santa's little helper, <laughs> like with the eyeballs, the dog with Mr. Burns. Yes. And he wanted to make him aggressive. And so he clockworked Orange the dog. Yeah, and like put things in his eyeballs and watched all the dogs. I think that's what it is. So would you rather be hooked up to a clockwork Orange machine or to a Simpsons Hell machine? 
Hmm. Never thought about this, Jake. What's important? To... You should have thought of that. Like, I uh, know. I don't know, man. The donut machine kind of... I like donuts. Mm-hmm. But what movie are we watching? Mm, I suppose it's up to the person tormenting you. I imagine that the intention is cruel behind both, so perhaps it would be... I feel like it's got to be Human Centipede, and I just, like, watching the trailer, I'm just like, no. Okay. You're reading them, they're poos. Yes, unless you're at the front. Oh, but then you've got to... The dream position. Yeah. (laughs) The middle. Mm. No. (laughs) Also, how long would it take you to get used to it? To watch, to being a Human Centipede? Yes. Uh, I would... A while. (laughs) I would hope I wouldn't have to. Sure. (laughs) I don't want to eat other people's poo. Like, love you. (laughs) But, like, don't want to eat your poo. All right. This so how would you rate? <laughs> <laughs> how would you rate your last little week or so oh, out of five stars? You see, I don't. I've been thinking about this. I can't even tell you how hard I've been thinking about this over the past few days. I'm like, Jake's gonna ask me how many stars. <laughs> I've got to think about a really quirky little fun thing. I'm like, oh, it could be the earthquake rating, and I'm just like, no, that's too low, and it doesn't reflect my week. Jake, you. You start and I'll riff off of what you... You'll riff? I'll riff, yeah. Okay. I'm going to go with nine stars. Nine. Because that's the number of, like, pathologized hearts that they had in, like, the Anatomy Pathology Museum that I was, like, really into. Yeah. I've touched, like, more than zero hearts now. I've touched two brains. Two human brains? In my life now. I've touched... A sheep brain. Oh, yes. But that doesn't... That's not the same. That's beautiful rating. <laughs> Thank you. With beautiful hearts. You have a beautiful heart. Thank you. You um, as well. My week... Okay. Uh, I'm going to rate it about 30 stars. Okay. Because I reckon that's how many people were there. There were 30 people at the, the Starlight the, audition. There were a good chunk of people. It was really good fun. Oh. You could choose all the different people to work with. I imagine the people that would gravitate that, to that type of work would be such wonderful people. It's so nice to have that many of them out there. Good eggs. Oh. The goodest of eggs. Mm, Jake. Yes, Georgie. Guess what I did? What? I went to the goddamn theater. <laughs> the goddamn theater. That's fantastic. I went to the goddamn theater. Where'd you go? I went to would you would you believe it? The mm. Butterfly Club. Mm. If you say it, I'll believe it. Yeah. Yeah. It was the 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 big one. Upstairs. Upstairs is the word I'm looking for. Thank you. Great. Um, and I went to see Super Woman Money Program by Elizabeth. Davey. So I took our beautiful pal, yep. Lucinda Binney. Great choice. And um, so we met up. Uh, we went and had KFC. Mm-hmm. <laughs> An elegant pre-show dinner. <laughs> A bit of dirty bird never goes astray. <laughs> um, so we had KFC. How hard did you hit KFC? Oh, baby, I went on Ultimate Box. Okay, great. <laughs> that one, uh, really gorgeous. We talked about... <laughs> we actually talked about just... She told me she was in her man-hating phase of life, and I'm like, oh, girl, yes. Yes? Which I found very interesting, because when we went and saw this show, my like, God, that conversation was so prevalent to what we saw. So, okay. basically, I'm going to, let's walk upstairs. Great. Let's walk upstairs, uh-huh. butt club, yeah? yeah? We have, Elizabeth is already there. Great. She looks iconic. On stage. She's yeah, Great. she's on stage, she's talking to us. Oh, she's as talking. you come in. Yes, Great. yes. And she <laughs> says... She gives us like this this little um, sheet of paper and it's got stickers on it. Okay. And so on the stickers we've got. Um, she's like, just just put on whatever you think resonates with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and they say at the top, "Hello, my name is." Um, <laughs> you've got big spender. Okay. Yep. You've got cash cow. Broke as a joke. <laughs> making it rain. Gold digger. 
filthy rich money maker. Okay. So. What did you pick? I <laughs> I picked broke as a joke. Uh-huh. And then I thought, oh, I picked the wrong one. <laughs> but I've already popped it on my shirt. Why did you immediately think it was the wrong one? Because I then saw Big Spender and I went, yeah, look, that's probably me. And even though I am poor, I see something shiny or skincare or makeup or something pretty and I go, mm, afterpay. <laughs> and, and so, yes, so we picked what we thought would resonate with us. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth looked iconic. She was, it was very much the look she had. I thought, okay, it's a bit Liza Minnelli in Cabaret. Because okay. she's got kind of short bob, and, and a fringe, and it was just, and the outfit she had on, she had like kind of a jumpsuit kind of sitch. Mm-hmm. Looked gorgeous. Yeah. So basically, the premise of this show is she's been thinking a lot about her goddamn superannuation. Mm-hmm. And I just thought to myself, I'm like, I don't think I've ever seen a show about superannuation. And I just thought, that's a really, that's. That is not like what I thought would. It's and it wasn't quite a cabaret either. It was like a stand-up show with lots of music, and it was just a you know all round. There was music and everything like that, but there was there was a bit of everything. There's parts where it's just kind of Elizabeth talking about her experiences and stuff like that, and then there's also she kind of goes into this other fabulous kind of character. It's like. Very fossy. Mm-hmm. It's giving fossy. Okay. And it's just like very, hello, ladies. And basically, she kind of gets her kind of stand-up microphone and she talks about some emails that she's received. I'm like, well, how's she going to talk about her emails? She reaches into her chest and produces a sock. Yes, Jake. <laughs> it's a sock puppet. Oh, fantastic. It's a sock puppet. And the sock puppet is going to read the emails. Okay. It's fantastic. Okay. So, she's got a <laughs> she's got an email yep. from her her super company. Mm-hmm. And they're so excited because they're like, "We have created a superwoman money program and we're going to help women save money." And here's all of our tips. And oh, my lord, Jake. Some of these tips are just okay. And Let's, it seems to be the case that this is a real email that it's she a real, real it's life, a real verbatim email that she received from a real super company, her superannuation company. Goodness, a okay. superwoman money program, uh-huh. and all these really handy dandy tips <laughs> to help her save money exclusively for women. Exclusively for women. At last, well, they find it harder to handle money. Oh, it's because of the little well, hands. Yeah, little little grubby hands <laughs> reaching for the Gucci. So. One of my, one of the tips, here we go, buckle mm. yourselves in. You I might... have to imagine that you're a sock. Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm going to, I'm going to use the, well, try to use the beautiful voice that she used. Okay. And it's like, <laughs> tip number, whatever, like five. <laughs> <laughs> Good choice of number, Georgie. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite. Um, reuse your tea bags. Mm. Ah. Reuse your tea bags, save money. How much money and how quickly do they think that will accumulate? Ah, uh, well, I, you've you've got to ask the superannuation company, what Jake. The fuck? Also, yes. can you even reuse tea bags? Ah, uh, that Aren't is they a great. Spent after you, they've blown their load, haven't they? After you brew them for like five minutes. It's well, it depends if you're a, a dip in a few, a, a, a kind of a, a small dunker, or you're a lever in, I suppose. What are you? 
Well, it depends what kind of tea I'm having. Okay. <laughs> if it's if it's like peppermint or herbal, I'll leave her in. Okay. If it's like black, I'll do dunk, 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 remove. Okay, and then put it on the windowsill to save it for later. Yes. Because you're a millionaire. I'm going to be rich. <laughs> what are other tips? What other tips are there? Oh, God. Some of them. Oh, yes. Have, an emo- have a friend <laughs> you take with you to go shopping uh-huh. so they stop you from buying things. Oh, what if your friend's fun? Yeah, that was, I'm just like, <laughs> that's not going to work for my no. friends. <laughs> Especially if I'm like depressed and I'm just like, oh, I feel really shit today. But this cardigan makes me look better, but it's $200. Oh, I better not get it and still feel shit about yeah, myself. But, but I want my friend to be there to be like, don't get don't, the cardigan, you poor bitch. <laughs> yeah, don't do it. Just still think you're shit. I'm sure that there's like something that way that's just cheap and nasty. Go home and have tea. Yeah, go home and reuse your tea bag. (laughs) She then goes into another part where we kind of get transformed into the, to the Superwoman money program. Okay, you as an audience. Yes. So we've got Elizabeth reading out her emails with the sock puppet. Mm -hmm. It's like her own little bit. Oh, she opens with Big Spender, which I thought, mwah. Great. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. I need to... I have I have to mention that. Because have you heard it, the Pussycat Dolls version of that song? No. Georgie. <laughs> <laughs> there are other versions, but there do not need to be. It's really good. Oh, okay. Uh, and so we go to the Superwoman Money Program. It kind of has this psychedelic, like, ding, 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 like, kind of... Ladies, we're here to talk about the Superwoman Money Program. And so she asks... Who here knows what super is? Do you know what super is? Are you asking me? Yes, I'm asking you. It's like, as you work, Mm -hmm. like a tiny amount of the money that you make from your wage gets put into this account that is run by some sort of company that is purportedly good at managing that money in a Mm. way that makes it grow at a rate at which you'll be able to retire at what's considered to be a regular age and live off that money into your death time. Yes. Yes? Yeah. Is that what it is? Kind of, essentially. So basically, she gets a clipboard and she reads... What superannuation is according to the ATO. Mm-hmm. So if you wanted to see the sexiest performance of this this reading yeah. of what superannuation is, you should have seen this show. <laughs> <laughs> it was like she was fucking the fucking superannuation. You know what I mean? It was just having like, sex with the yes, concept of superannuation. Yes, yes, she Great. was <laughs> loving it. And okay. it was just like I was just like, oh my god, she's so into this superannuation, mm. you know. And then, like, she, we go kind of, we're transformed back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, experiences that she's had, and then we go back to the Superwoman Money Program. <laughs> experiences with money? Yeah, and yeah. just like also, like, ex boyfriend and stuff like that. Okay. Did you come out with a clearer understanding of what super was? Did your relationship with your super change? I kind of had a, a, a good, like, a kind of idea about it. Yeah. That, I never, but what happens is she addresses it. It's like also this, the idea of a superwoman money program is so ridiculous and sexist. Like Mm. the ideas that they had. Also, the big one, don't get divorced. Oh, yes. Yeah, don't do it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It costs a lot of money to get divorced, Jay. And it's anti-love. It's (laughs) (laughs) anti-love. Why would you do that? Yeah. Love makes the world go around. Um, so we tell, we find out what superannuation is and she said the most, you know, the, the most expensive thing that I've spent 
is was on my brain. And so she asked people in the audience, audience participation, I know how you feel about it, mm-hmm. it's okay. <laughs> so we find out all the different people what their hex debt is. Are people just uh, willing to say their hex debt? Kind of, well, she kind of went, okay, whose is above 20? Mm-hmm. Whose is above 30? Who's, and then if they're willing to talk about it, mm. They will say like, oh, yep. And it's like, well, what, what, what did you spend on your brain? It's like, yep, I've done a master's. Okay, very, very good. Um, but like, I didn't participate because I'm like, I haven't even looked at what my hex debt was because I'm afraid. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, no, too scared. I can't participate in this. I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm trying to avoid it. I don't <laughs> want to look at it. Money is scary. There was, I think there was one person in the audience who was doing their PhD. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, good God, yeah. you brave, brave soul. <laughs> In it's... terms of what, the amount of money it will cost? Yes, yeah. and also just doing a PhD. Yeah, oh That's God. a lot of study. Yeah. That's a lot of study and a lot of work. It's really going into a cave for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of, lot. yeah, but it's just like, oh, dude, I, I haven't even checked what my hex, I don't even want. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not hey. so much of my relationship with money is like fear-based. Oh, know? my God. Yeah. At the moment, especially. Yeah. I, I can't tell you. I've had some a lot of mental breakdowns lately about yeah. money. Oh god, I'm Oof. sorry. Yeah. Well, everybody is having the mental breakdowns about money. Are you having mental breakdowns about money? Oh, constantly. Yeah. Oh, good. No, okay. my, yeah, my life and the poverty of is um, yeah. We get to the concept, you know, we talk about kind of the pay gap. Mm-hmm. We get to a point towards the very end where she sits down on a stool mm. and she read something from a book and it's called Jane Gilmore's The Cost of Womanhood. Hmm. Uh, it's an expert. Okay. Expert. Have you read this book? No, I haven't. Cool. This is my first experience with it. But yeah. basically she sits on a stool. It's very much starts off, this person and this person meet at university. They fall in love. And, you know, they. one of them is studying one thing, the other studying one thing. They're building their careers, everything like that. They get married and... It's, it's, it gets to a point where they want to start a family and they talk about, you know, the different pay rises they get and how they're moving up in their careers and everything. And then it's just like, and they decide to have a baby, a baby, you know, very exciting. Mm. And so when they have the baby, they've bought a house. The, the woman, the wife has decided to um, be a full-time mum. What happens is with the kids they end up having another baby Mm. kind of thing and basically we're now saying that the husband has this much super in the bank and gets promotion climbing up his career ladder Mm. uh the wife is now a mum basically full-time mum working little bits and pieces essentially what happens of course is because you know, friction starts to happen and basically they separate, they mm. divorce, yeah. essentially. And at this point, you can start to hear, like, feel the impact of what's going on in this in this cost of womanhood. Mm. And it's kind of like it's kind of like, you know, you've been laughing so much and having really enjoying this show, and then all of a sudden it's like Bang. It's mm. like, oh, shit. What happens is they end up selling the house and she gets 
like, I don't know, 39000 a year in child support for the three kids. His career is going up, 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 up. He's bought a new car. He's bought a new house. He's remarried. She, on the other hand, uh, money is drying up. Mm. She hasn't been in the workforce in the job that she studied to do. Mm. She has to relearn everything. And no one's taking her on. Uh, the kids are now grown up. Um, so she no longer gets child support. The money from the divorce is drying up from the house being sold. And essentially what happens is this, I don't know, that the husband has over a million dollars in superannuation mm. by the when the time he's retired. She, on the other hand, basically has to work until she dies. She has no super. Yeah. At all. And it's just like, it felt like you'd just been kicked in the guts. So it was yeah. just like, it had such a dramatic, and the way it was done, it had such a dramatic and profound impact. On you? Or oh, like God, theatrically? yeah. Everybody. Right. Okay. Everybody. I think Lucinda's like, dude, that, I was nearly in tears. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, when you think about, you know, very naively, I probably assumed like, oh, the gender pay gap, just pay people more. But it's, I didn't realize that, it was in so many other capacities. Mm. Yeah, it was just so... You could hear a pin drop yeah. during that segment of of the show. And it was... And she told us about her experience after that. She decided to dump this fuckwit boyfriend, which <laughs> was incredible. She said it's the best thing she ever done. Mm. And then, funnily enough, she went over and went to clown school amazing incredible <laughs> and she said it was the best thing i've ever done yeah and she also said like times are different there was a time where i thought i had the choice to choose all right i could buy a house or i could go to university yeah but you know she thought oh you know i'll go to uni first because i really want to get that done i really want to do that and i'll just buy a house later you can't even think about doing that now mm. which is and i'm just she's like you know, at the time we just thought, oh, I'll just buy a house later. Yeah. And it's just like, oh my God. Yeah. The times have changed so, so much. Yeah, my goodness. Oh my, my God. My God. Yeah. God, that points to so many distressing things. It really did. It really did. God. And I don't know. It just, I, it had such a profound effect on me because I was just, it really, oh, opened me to things that I had no idea were, were happening. Right, okay. And in a perfect world, why can't both parents split their time mm. to look after kids if they're gonna get ki- if they're gonna have kids? Why does it have to be I'm the man, I'm gonna go off into the work, you look after the kids. Why does it just have to be one parent, you know? Sure. Why yeah. can't it be why can't it be a shared risk? I mean you both made the kid. Mm-hmm. Why can't you both yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose too as well. Even if the two like parents do want to have very demanding jobs, which they're entitled to want as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, which I'm sure is partly fueled by the desire to give their children a wonderful life. Absolutely. Um, why isn't there like more resources available for them to have childcare? Hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and it also made me think. I mean, there's obviously these gender roles, right? Yeah. And I'm just thinking about like gay couples or non-binary couples and and everything like that. You know, it would be. I feel it would be quite a different standard 
Like, say, for example, yeah. you yeah. meet a, a very lovely, lovely human being, oh. fall, in, fall in love. Oh, shut up. Imagine. Then, oh, just imagine. Oh, my God. Yes. And then... <laughs> I'm there. What's and then next? <laughs> you have a baby. How? I don't know. <laughs> okay. I'll carry it. So one day, it's there. <laughs> one day, a child appears. They okay. say, this is yours. And so you're just like, well, okay, um... Well, how the hell are we going to, like, you know, we, we both have jobs that we really, really love. Mm. How are we going to divide this time between, you know, caring for a child, giving it what it wants, but also making money? Mm. So imagine you've got your, you've got your amazing partner. Yeah. You've got a kid that's just fucking appeared. Yeah. Tell me what you think would be the best, because there's no, well, I guess there's no woman identifying person in this relationship. Sure. So what would you, how would you approach this? Well, I guess we would have the obviously luxurious benefit of not being victim to a gender-based inequality when it comes to the income situation you're mm. describing. We would still, of course, be subjected to the discrimination of homosexuals in yes. the workforce too, of course. Oh my God, um, Which yes. is you know, a whole different thing. Yeah. But, but we are still men. So yes. there's, you know. Um, but yeah, well, yeah, on top of that, you run into the things that we sort of just talked about, about where to put the kid when we are working, if we want to continue doing that. Yeah. And if we do want to continue doing that. I don't know. I guess if we are just sticking to like the way that contemporary society functions mm. and not falling into what I'm very quick to fall into when it's like why aren't we just in like Jane Austen times and I can just leave <sighs> it with my like seven sisters and yes. they can help raise this child with all their kids and we can have this beautiful like yeah I don't know wouldn't it be lovely if but just my brothers and sisters could raise all our raise children all the together children, yes. you know but yeah if we're not going back to that fantasy oh, village it, <laughs> it was also rife with a lot of inequality as yes, well yes yes no um, yeah no yeah. I suppose maybe there would we would have the good fortune of having like a nearby relative or something that would want to mm. take the child on now and then so that we could I don't know, have the necessary freedom mm. if we, like, had enough money to be able to afford, like, full-time, like, nannying or something. Mm. But that's the thing. You need to reach these echelons of income where you're yes. able to provide these, like, types of luxuries. These yeah, things exactly. that shouldn't feel so luxurious. And I guess you don't want to feel like you're, you know, apparently the kids really get to like you. <laughs> and yes. you don't want to... And you may reciprocate. Yes, Humiliatingly. You may. Mm, isn't it ghastly? <laughs> and then you don't want to feel like you're, like, the kid would be like, no, come back. And you see, like, there's videos on the internet. It's like, uh, I dropped, um, picking my kid up from childcare for the first time. Mm. And the kid just runs to them, starts crying. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, Jesus, traumatic. Yeah, sure. And it's just like, you don't want to feel like you're abandoning. It's just, oh, my God, it's a, it's a brain... F jungle yeah, I don't know no. no it's like a style of compromise that is so like deeply human and devastating isn't for it for sure yeah yeah and I don't know is it just a thing that you have to opt into and then handle it as best you can like if you're going to like sign on to have a child on purpose mm. yeah I don't know you know who you are when you enter that labyrinth and it's devastating the choices you'll have to make but most of the options seem quite devastating really do it's mm. really hard but you know, I, I thought it was a really gorgeous show. Mm. It really opened my eyes. I will say as well, um, Elizabeth said at the end, being an independent artist can be really financially ruinous. Mm. And you want to put on these shows and you want to tell stories and tell people all these incredible things. But putting on a show, yes, absolutely financially ruinous. Mm. Um so she encouraged everybody. She said, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this show again, mm. which is devastating because I think it's a show that should be seen by everybody, really. I think it's a really important show. Yeah. Um, well, the fact that it's made you think about all these things. Oh, my gosh. I never thought about these things before. Yeah. And it really made me question. I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, you know, like, I love a show that's just mindless and silly and just like, ha-ha, funny. But, I, but this one... 
and I'm just like, I try not to be like, I don't want to see a show that makes me think too much, but yeah. I was really <laughs> glad that this one did. Mm. And That's especially amazing too, because even mm. with you having spoken about the way that money exists in your mental state, Ugh, yeah. it's almost like, <laughs> kind of like <laughs> bold and wild of her to make a show about the things that so many people go to the theatre to try to not think about. Yes. To sit there and be like taught why you should be stressing more about your financial situation. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. God. But (laughs) she did, um, she was raising money for a organization. It is WIRE. It's free support, referrals, and information on any issue for women, non-binary, and gender diverse people in Victoria. Mm. It is the only free generalist service in Victoria, inclusive of women, non-binary, and gender diverse people from all backgrounds and experiences. Um, They can help you with a lot of different issues, uh, such as um, family violence, uh, financial abuse, housing, and, and, and a lot more. So she was trying to raise a lot of money for them, mm. um, which I had never heard of this organisation before. Mm. And looking into them, uh, they look like such a such an important resource. Oh my God. Yeah, that collection of causes is... Is sensational. Yeah. And we'll, I guess we'll put it in the yeah, the, show notes. The link will be the, in the notes. The, yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. The bit down there. Yeah, yeah. Goodness gracious <laughs> me. Hey, Georgie. Hey, hey, Jake. Um, I went to the theatre pretty recently. Did you just? Yeah, yeah, mm. real recent, actually. Did you? Yeah, I did. Tell me about it. I went with some bitch. Who's this bitch? Her name was Georgie Potter. Oh, fuck off. No, That's you. That's me. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's me. We I'm went... that bitch. <laughs> She's that bitch. I'm that bitch, We baby. went to the comedy theatre. We did indeed. One of the Mariner Theatre, like, venues. Proprietary limited venue, yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you still work there? Yes. You do still? Yes. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Good. Okay. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah. Maybe um, not. Yeah. So I went to see Once. Have you once. seen Once before? I had never seen Once. Had you seen Once? I saw Once on Broadway when it was on Broadway. You? Wait. Which hold, I forgot. Hold the goddamn phone. <laughs> but it was like, yeah, I don't know. My brain was much smaller then. And so all I remember, like, remember of it was like at the beginning of the show, they had, you could like go up and be part of like, they had a bar oh, set up. Oh, on the stage. Yes. I hear about this. Right. And you could go up and like sit with the cast. We they were, didn't like, get that. We did not get that. No, no we just had to sit in goddamn theatres. We just theaters, had to like, sit chairs. like plebs. <laughs> but there were like, when we went into the theatre, this is skipping ahead. Skip. There were like roving musicians Ooh, around. It was fun. Yeah. Yes. They had all their instruments. Yes, and you were trying to like you wanted to go in like at interval and try to trick one of them into playing like a Robbie Williams song. Absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> it's my purpose. In the, dear viewers, I mean listeners, I love Robbie Williams. It hurts, and he's the love of my life. Thank you. Moving on, <laughs> we'll talk about it more. It's one of my favorite things to talk about, but we have to talk about this goddamn show. Yeah, so we went to once. We sat down, then the show begins, and uh, let's. I guess what should we start off talking about? I went in, kind of, I I knew it was set in Ireland. Okay. I did know that. Why did you know that? I don't know. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I just... You can just some... sense when you're about to see something Irish. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had a feeling. I'm just like, oh, I think I'm going to like this. Okay. I do love that kind of, like that folky music. And I'm just like, also, just the... The actors on stage also playing the instruments as well. Sure. I was just like, ooh, I like this. That's the thing, yeah, musicianship was a big deal in terms of oh, just yeah. what it was as a musical beast, wasn't yes. it? Yes. Because, yeah, because everyone on stage, like, oh my God, like watching, like, 
a chalice to slowly get lit. <gasps> like, it just made me intimately aware of mm. how beautiful it is to see, like, a, like a large, like, even just, like, any string instrument, instrument yes. slowly being hit by a spotlight in the dark <gasps> is somehow right. so beautiful. does things to me. Oh, my goodness. And I think I said this to you in the audience. I'm just like... I think one of the greatest things to listen to and witness is just like a cellist just tuning the cello. It is the most dramatic, fucking incredible thing. <laughs> just they're just like, and I'm just like, oh that is my true. god, and I it's think, amazing. And to even like, because when you said it, I started thinking about it. Now I'm thinking about it again, and these thoughts are resurrecting themselves. Yes. Of like somehow that tone, like of a tuning cello, somehow feels incredible. like incredible. Yes, and it feels almost like it lives in the same resonant valley as some very important emotions somehow. Yes. Hundred like, percent. Uh, it's not quite the same. Like you tuning, like tuning guitar. It's just like dong, dong. <laughs> it's just like it's not as graceful and. And it's just oh my god, just does things to my soul. Yeah, my god. Oh. It seems almost as if like if someone were like quietly just very very like on the brink of tears, sitting on their bed, oh. and someone asks them how they are, the sound that they will make, if choosing if to be honest, is a cello being a tuned. A tuning cello. Yes. Oh my god, I'm a big fan. It really, yeah, it really makes you like wrestle. If you're you're willing to enter into like the mental debate, it makes you think about your relationship with music in itself. This show does. Yes, 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 a hundred percent. Yeah, I'm also very envious and jealous of these very talented musicians. So talented, they make it look really fun. They make it look so easy and cathartic as well. Oh Oh my god, stomping around, getting on your knees, playing the violin, doing the thing, and then (laughs) with a oh god, it's just incredible. So the goddamn plot of this musical. Goddamn plot. So there's a sad (laughs) Irish guy. Yes. Yes, and he he's sad. He sells vacuum cleaners. Yes. One day, a woman comes along. She's from the Czech Republic, also known as Czechia. 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 Eurovision taught me this. Eurovision taught you that it's also known as Czechia. Czechia. They've changed it. Right. They prefer it to be Czechia. The Czech Republic government prefers you to call it Czechia. Yes. All right. (laughs) In 2022, Czechia, the Czech Republic, both are acceptable. This is a quote from a Czech person. Okay. The shorter name Czechia is preferred by the Czech government. Okay. If using Czechia, clarify the in the story that the country is more widely known in English as the Czech Republic. I just want to know, we what kind of story are we telling? I, what story? Maybe the story of once. <laughs> Otherwise... A Czech girl, also from widely known, the Czech Republic, but now known as Czechia. Yes. So this is the story. Yes, a woman from Czechia, a place that you may yourself know as the Czech Republic if you haven't been on Wikipedia or watching Eurovision lately. Lately. Yes. Mm. Uh, happens upon this man, this man who is playing, he's doing that classic thing of like, you know when Barney Gumble gets discovered in The Simpsons <gasps> when it, and then they like, join the B-sharps? <laughs> that classic yes. wonderful trope of walking yes. in on someone being incredible. Yes. Oh, like they're standing in the corner of the rehearsal room while like someone's playing an amazing song. Baby, and you're they, on board. Something, yes. something. Yes, or like Jeremy Jordan at the start of the first episode of the second season of Smash. I'm now transforming into James Hardy. And you're saying, I haven't seen Smash. No. <laughs> no, you no. haven't. But I've sung, I've sung a song from Smash. Let me be your star? No, Secondhand My Baby Grand. Oh, devastating. It's Great. It's heartbreaking. I think I... <laughs> Did I do well at that song? I think I did. I'm sure. In the Stedford. I think I won something for that. It's a really nice one. Well, you've won that many awards, you can't remember all Mate, of them. Mate, no. It's not like that at all. It's <laughs> I used to lose everything at singing, and it was just like, I'm just happy to be here. And then one day, they're just like, and first place goes to Georgie Potter. I'm like, what the fuck? 
and they gave me a medal and I'm just like this is absurd anyway, and then I look at the money and I go oh maybe I will accept so this is what... <laughs> so Czechia. this woman from Czechia 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 yes Overhears this Irish man sadly belting out a guitar song. Yes. And she yeah, does the classic thing of he finishes and then she's like, Oh! Excuse me! That was incredible! You're amazing! Yes, and he's like, What are you doing here? I fix vacuum cleaners. And then she's like, I've got a vacuum cleaner that needs fixing. It is destiny. Fix it. And then from there, they go about this journey of her encouraging him to continue pursuing producing and showing his music to the world. And so he should. And so he should because yes. he's talented. Very good. And he's reluctant to do so because he's too devastated with his recent like breakup with this woman that he's still very much in love with who has moved away to New York to pursue her own dreams. Yes. And then, so then, how would you describe what happens between the two of them? She's, it's very complicated. Yes. She's just like, do the thing and do the music. And he's like, oh no, I can't do that. Yes. And they just spend a bit more time together. She's encouraging. He, off the bat, really likes her. Yep. And she's like, no, no, no. Because she has a child. And a husband. And a husband mm. who they have separated. Yes. And basically, ever so slowly, they kind of fall in love. Mm-hmm. She kind of gradually falls more in love with him but he's like come here (laughs) how did you feel Mm. in the moment where they were on what i believe was a pier the pier which i think was it's one of my like top three moments from the show oh yes where they're having this beautiful conversation about their like he's talking a lot about his very sort of like first memorable experience with fear and this story about his mother that i very much related to it was beautiful beautiful and then she, via, like, she speaks in Czech. Like, behind the surtitles yeah. above her, behind her, mm. tautologically said. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the surtitles behind her say that she says, I love you to him. But because he doesn't oh. speak Czech, he doesn't know that's what she said. How did you respond when those words came up on the surtitle screen? Devastated. You were devastated. It's, I, it was just like, oh, just that. It's like, what does that mean? And she's just said something else that doesn't mean I love you. Uh-huh. She said so he has no I'm... idea that she said that to him. No. And that devastated you? Yes, it devastated me. What happens is, should we skip, like... Is... Let's just jump around. Let's jump around. Yeah. So essentially, they don't mm. come together. And it's like in that moment as well where they're on that be- that beautiful scene mm. that's just gorgeous, the like the chemistry between these two actors as well. And the lighting. The lighting. Really good chemistry, lighting. Chemistry. Yes. Everything was uh-huh. happening. I'm just like, just give a little kiss. Just a little, little <laughs> kissy Wait, kissy. So were you rooting for their love Yes, I was. You wanted them to get together. I wanted it. Okay. And in the moment you wanted them to kiss. I just, it's, oh, I just, just a little one. Just a little like, okay. Okay. Sure. Well, I guess that compulsion, which I do understand, yes. so, despite the fact of me like being very rarely the one rooting for those types of things to happen, <laughs> just because I'm jaded. You know? um, I just like I think if the story were to continue on that trajectory, because I think if I would have to, if I had to kind of like. I don't know, like boil down the plot and mm. the construction and the trajectory of yes. these character arcs throughout the story and what yes. happens to them. I'd say it's almost like a story of two people helping each other, helping their hearts beat again. Yes. You know, it's almost them helping them become people that are more capable of loving yeah. in their lives. And I, in retrospect, it's kind of like, yeah, no, 100%. Which I think is just a more interesting story to witness than another fucking star is born where uh. someone loves a musician and then they like and hear they there's a big thunderstorm yep. banging. Yeah. Yes. yes. Maybe because it's just a familiar story. Maybe it's yes. because I think it does a disservice to two quite complicated characters. Yes. At what I find to be a more recognisable, and maybe this is a tragic 
thing to say. Mm. The stories that they are both embroiled in, one of being, I don't know, especially his being someone that feels a bit too broken to express himself anymore yeah. and feels like a great love of his life has passed mm. and he's not going to maybe get a chance anytime soon or if ever to feel something as yeah. like, potently again to the extent that he's being, like he's too depressed to want to make his art anymore or, or show it to anybody. Mm. A story of that and trying to get out of that rut in your life is one that I sort of definitely connect more oh, to 100%. than a sweeping love story I, with some woman yes. that turned up out of nowhere. I feel like the place where I was where I was just like, oh, god damn it. I think it's, it's definitely a me thing and I'm mm. just, it's also like... What is your desire to see these people kiss? No, I think it's more, I think it comes as well from my, like my own experiences. It's like something's, like you've got two very complicated people mm. like coming together and it's just like there's that hopeful part in me. I'm like, just make it work. Like, just make it work. <laughs> just make it. It's like you're two people who really clearly like each other and mm-hmm. love each other. Why can't you make it work? Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. But yeah. the way they were talking about their their exes, like you said, they are complicated people. Mm. And the way you've articulated then, it's just like, yeah, it's not just another love story. It's two people coming together, getting them out of this rut. And, you know... They do go back to their kind of respective exes. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of, it's just like, gosh, what could have been? What but I guess I, even like listening to you say that though, mm. which is so interesting. Mm. It's like you saying that it doesn't necessarily make it a love story anymore. But it's mm. like if you were to define what a love story is, you could argue the definition of a love story is just a story that's about love. Very and I know true. that the way that like the, the Western world at least treats a love story is like it has the very recognizable thing of like two and people they lived happily ever after. Yes, and the journey that they have just gone on is one of either discovering how wonderful each other are or like realizing how much they are not meant to be together and yeah. there being some type of romantic closure that sees them either single or married by the end of it. Yeah. Whereas like this being a story that is very like directly and explicitly about love, Definitely. but it's but it's love in a predicament other than one that sees two people get entangled in the way that yes. we're accustomed to seeing them do so. It kind of reminds me a little bit, and you talked about this in the last episode of Burn It, mm. by my friends, by my friend Lydia and, yeah. and Kyle in there as well. It's these. It, it's a very different instance of two people loving each other, mm. but just kind of their paths, it just can't happen. Yeah. Which, for me, it's just like, you know, maybe it's just a bit of the hopeless romantic in me. It's just like, oh, but it's... Love is so nice. Why can't you just give a love a chance? Sure, but like love is nice, but it seems like what you're saying as love is nice is the idea of like uh, like a monogamous relationship yeah. is nice. And a happy one as well. Sure, yeah, yeah, A yeah. happy one. And it just, I think, yeah, in the end, you know, I think that, is, is, like I said, it's just my own, like I got caught up in my own kind of experiences with that, which is yeah. kind of a really interesting thing. It is, yeah. Like how your experiences and your life can impact how you relate to a story. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, God damn it, I just want them to fucking kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask you, do you have like an idea in terms of like, what is it inside of you that, wa- is there something in you wanting to be validated by the story going away that you would have preferred? No, I, I don't know. I, I, there, I think there's that sense of curiosity. Like, it's like, I don't know. Like, like you're about to watch, I don't know, like a finale of a TV show mm-hmm. and we're about to just hit the really, really intense part, like the bit you've all been waiting for, and the power goes out. Okay. Kind of thing. That's yeah. kind of what I'm thinking was the equivalent there. So, okay. So, what, so part of it was you believing that the, the kiss was coming, the, the big confession was coming. something was going to happen. Sure. And you, you know, wanted that thing to be them kissing and then becoming boyfriend and girlfriend? I don't... Maybe I'm just a sucker for a happy... Oh, it's not a thing you should have to defend. No, That's, no. No, it's a, it's a taste thing to have yeah, inside of you. But yeah, but I totally... No. I... Yeah. I get... 
like in hindsight, like I said, looking back on it and going, huh, no, that probably was the, the right thing for them. It's just me kind of on, you know, my own human experience, like with failed almost relationships. Just going, sure. But, but it could have <laughs> happened, couldn't it? It just could have happened. Sure. Yeah. So sure. I think that kind of my own experiences kind of influenced how I perceived mm-hmm. this show and everything like that. So, okay. but, you know... And it's so interesting, like the different human experiences and perceptions mm. and that we, how we've perceived this work, mm. you know, you're, you know, I'm just like, I just wanted them to bloody kiss and live happily ever after. Why can't they just make it work? Yeah. And then also, you know, your own experience of seeing like how two people can, can come together and help each other out of this, out of a rut and, and help each other with their with their lives and stuff. Like, mm. it's a different kind of love story. Sure. In a way. It's a different kind of love story. And they both end up happy. Mm-hmm. They both end up happy. Yeah. We think. You just hope. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. And I guess in that way as well, like, looking at that, like, it's almost a, de- a kind of like a musical about making those large decisions about... It's kind like of like it, If Then. A bit like If Then, yeah. yes. A bit about the fact of, like, you having to be the one... Like, if you don't make the decisions in your life and make the life out of those decisions then the world and other people will make those choices for you. Oofty doofty. And then it's your fault for letting those things decide those things to whatever extent you were in the power to make other decisions. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. which is, I don't know, best case scenario or recipe for kind of like like high gratitude. Yeah. And worst case scenario, I don't know. Depression. A, depression, like a victim complex and a, and a, I don't know, life full of really sad flashbacks. Oh. I suppose. Oh. But do you think, and I'm not trying to insist that your relationship with this like moment <laughs> in the show... <laughs> has to be tethered to anything like no. I don't know deep inside of you are very complicated mm. but as you were sort of getting at is there anything in the sense of like you wanting to see realized this this notion that maybe exists somewhere in your understanding of relationship with romantic love in the first place of like do you want to see in front of you the very understandable I don't know hypothesis that if two people seem to really care about each other seem to really see what like some of the things that make each other so remarkable yeah that they should like value that relationship and appreciate that to the extent that they should be willing to throw everything else away for the love that they inherently share. Yeah, it's it's a complicated one and it's one that I've I've kind of been, you know, discussing relationships and stuff with my psychologist. Hello, Liana. You've <laughs> got a second mention today. So, um, yeah, it's just I think it just kind of reminded me that sometimes like humans can be com- complex and sometimes (laughs) oh all the bloody goddamn time Mm. and sometimes people's needs and wants are completely different from your own and it's just like well i want to be with you and they're just like oh i like you but no and it's just like but why i'm right here Mm -hmm. i'm willing i'll show you my boobs (laughs) take me (laughs) like you know it's yeah down to have you seen Daniel Sloss's comedy special Jigsaw? No. Highly recommend. Devastating, hilarious, devastating. Okay. He talks about, you know, life as your own jigsaw puzzle. You've got little bits here, and he talks about his dad being like his dad's jigsaw. He's like, well, you know, for, for me, my my jigsaw was is your mother kind of thing. And you know, all the pieces fit together because of her. Mm. And Basically, he was talking about if you get into a relationship and your jigsaw is completely different 
you know, you've got your own jigsaw, they've got their own jigsaw. And then ever so slowly, they might come over to your jigsaw and just like remove things and completely stuff up your jigsaw while, you know, making their jigsaw all great and mm. amazing. But like yours is just crap now. Yeah. And it's just like everybody's jigsaw is completely different for, for what their wants, their needs and desires are, what they want to achieve. Everybody's jigsaw is so different and you look at your person, the person you're with, you look back at your jigsaw and you go, well, their jigsaw's great, but mine's shit. Yeah. You know, and yeah, it just, I think it just reminds me, well, everyone's jigsaw is different and that's amazing and it's the complexity of human beings yeah. and who they are. But like, there's a part of me that also very much longs for that human connection and stuff like that. I'm single and ready to flamingle. So, so what human connection are you ready for? I don't, just a relation, just somebody to be with, I think. Okay. Because I just don't have a lot of experience. A lot of experience? No. Okay, sure. No, so no, you no. want to like give it a whirl and see what give it's it like? Give it a whirl, see what happens. Oh, so is that part of it? Part of the appeal is like getting to give it a chance? No, I, I don't know. There's a lot, like I'm 27. Yeah. It's just like, of, the, of course, we're coming back to kind of like standards of how this should be, hmm. how you should like you you get it, like like you get to like a certain like certain age points in your life. It's like looking and comparing and contrasting everybody around you, and yeah. you go, ah, oh, well, that person I went to school with married with a baby on the way mm-hmm. and full time job, this that blah 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 blah, yeah. and you you play the game of you know, comparing yourself to others. And mm-hmm. it's just like, I don't know. I'm a very, you know, I'm a very kind of huggy, touchy-feely, very affectionate person, mm. really loves, loves, I love love. Sure. Let's just, <laughs> wait, what the fuck was I saying? Well, about what you imagine your ideal experience at the moment with a romantic situation to be. Yeah, I just, I don't know. It sparks a lot of anxiety in me. Sure. Totally. Because you feel like, is it like a running out of time thing? Oh! A little bit also anxiety related. Okay, sure. You know, yeah. people can be really bloody mean. Okay. You know, heartbreak's not fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, definitely coming into this show, you're just like, God damn it. Into what? once. Yeah. yeah. And it's always, you know, I think, you know, it's Mr. <laughs> you're Mr. Right, but I feel like it's Mr. Right time or okay. right place or, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you can look at people who you've kind of had relationships with it's like it just wasn't the right time okay and that's like even if you're rare and ready to go and rare and ready to go (laughs) um or you've got you want to pursue this but they you know it's just reminded me the complications of of human beings and i'm just it this is a very interesting i didn't think that it would once would bring out this discussion within (laughs) us but yeah no it's it's definitely my own experiences that Mm. kind of influenced me going god damn it i just want you two to love each other and be happy (laughs) but you know they they were happy and fulfilled in 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 other ways which i need to remind myself it's just like well no he's gone off to new york he's happy he's he he was a depressed Hoover man. Yeah, and now he's recorded a demo. He's recorded a lit demo. <laughs> an EP was it an EP. I can't remember what it was. It was a CD it, of music. It was a CD. <laughs> it was where's Connor Daryl when you need him? Exactly. Where's Connor? <laughs> um, yes. Um, but you know, it it again did give me a lot to think about, which sure. I didn't think. And you know, and they're like a lot of people's like, but that's not the point. They shouldn't. That's not the point. They can't be together. I'm yeah. so. 
No, I know you're right. I'm just projecting <laughs> my own shit onto it. But we're all projecting our own shit onto it. Like Absolutely. that's almost like that's kind the of the point. Of art. Yes, it's yeah. meant to make you mull and confront some things. Yes. Yeah, and drag things out of you, and then you see them in front of you, and yeah. then it's like, oh god, I think that. Yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Oh, god, but that's so interesting. Even just the thing, like so much of what you just like said was so fascinating. Like mm. one of them being the thing of whether or not it's like Mr. Right time. Yeah. You know, and just that makes me just go on that like kind of like, that mental track that I've had to go down a number of times of just yeah. like. This what I consider to be a romantic belief and an optimistic, hopeful belief, yeah. but the thought of like, I don't know, like you're a different person with every breath you take. Like oh, you're hundred percent. Like you go to sleep and you wake up as a like a very likely slightly different person as when yeah. you went to bed, you know? Yeah. And just I don't know, and as and it just makes me think of just like with everyone that that therefore means that like the population of the earth gets kind of reshuffled with every passing second, you know? Amazing and, analogy. You know? And as hopeful and as kind of like devastating as that is, it's like yeah. it's the same as like when you say goodbye to your friend knowing you'll see them next week. It's like even that person you meet in a week is a different person than the one you were with that last moment. Totally. And you'll never get to be with that person again. Oh and God, that's I think devastating. Just, it's devastating, but it's also like Exciting. Exciting. Yeah. And as long as you as this musical to me at least it really is about is like getting yourself in a position where you're open to even just like a capa- like you just maintaining a capacity to see the beauty in another person. Yeah. You know, and and not shutting so many of your windows that you can't see beauty when it's right in front of you. And, and and you don't need to open that many windows, I'd say. And something about no. the the the, ma- the male lead because like they don't have names, do they? Guy and girl. Guy and girl. <laughs> and with the sad <laughs> what are guy. Names? Sad guy. Yeah, yeah. And, Goes and, into regular guy. Yeah. <laughs> full guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, which I, I don't know. That's always that's just a helpful thing for me to be reminded of every now and then via musicals or not. Mm. Um, is something, and I think something too of like. I don't know, the things you're saying about uh, like wanting love and wanting a person to have that type of connection with while being a very loving person as you so obviously are. Like, oh. You're so... Come here of, and give me a squeeze. <laughs> on top of being so like wonderfully and poetically romantic, you're also, yeah, as you're saying, physically affectionate and very generous totally. with your affection for people. Mm. And that's so lovely and brave and like a difficult thing to maintain beyond the age of like seven, you know? <laughs> so it's a miracle that you're as like sweet and generous with Aww. your heart as you are. It's really, really lovely. It's, and do you know what? You, you're you one of my favourite people to cuddle as well. <laughs> Oh, great. Yay. <laughs> High praise. High yeah. praise. Well done. Um, That's for Jake. Good hugs. Um, but yeah, what was I saying? Something terrible. Oh. Most oh, yeah. um, the thing you were saying about, yeah, that uh, that type of romantic love. But then, of course, to speak of that is to speak of if one is to believe in these things. But like Ooh. the spectrum of other types of love that yes. you have in your life and everybody does. Yeah. Um, and I think one of my, uh, there was like three standout moments in this show that will stick with me for a while. And yeah. one was that peer conversation. Beautiful. One was when that collection of cast members did that acapella performance of gold out to oh. the audience. And I was just hearing their magnificent voices singing this like beautiful song about not wanting to trade the one that you love for gold. <laughs> it was, was just... so, just so together. Yeah, and just so breathtaking, beautiful. And to yeah, to watch these oh. like incredible performers do something so simple but so inherently romantic and like well crafted and artistic and I don't know what felt like I don't know a kind of a celebration of like as the show was I guess more largely speaking a celebration of. The, the softness and power of these types of emotions that this piece is exploring and to see that executed in such like a like a beautifully classically simple way and as just, just a cappella singing as a group. And just the beauty of music as well. Like Yeah, fuck. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and its connection to human emotion oh. and the way that it, there's a reason that like music stirs us so much and there's a reason that music is, like, has existed for as long as emotions have. Absolutely. 
absolutely. God. And I just, yeah, coming back to the thing you said about you know, romantic love and the other types that exist. Yeah. I just thought one of the most touching and like unexpected kind of moments that occurred mm-hmm. for me throughout the show was like at the very, very end of the show where he's gone off to New York and he's like bought her the piano. Oh. And then she gets the piano as a gift that she's been like playing throughout the show. And then like the final moments of her like singing this song with like the cast that's left around her, like her sort of like little like Czech Republic family that she yeah, has there. The and as she's like playing the final chords or like the final notes of the song that closes the musical out, like two of her closest like friends come and like help her do the final notes on the piano. And it just felt like this stunning stage moment. There was like a celebration of the fact of like, even if someone that you deeply love goes away for whatever reason and you may never see them again. And as you were talking at the very start of this episode about how like no one's ever really gone as long as they still exist for you. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like even if someone leaves in every sense of what leaving is, yeah. the people left around you know what you need mm-hmm. and will help you get through that loss. And I just that. thought that was just so stunning. It yeah, now that you've brought that moment, oh, it was. It's it just showed the beauty of like you said, there's like love in different capacities. Mm. Oh, my God, yeah. The simplicity. Fuck. Because even hearing words like boyfriend, girlfriend, all these things, if we, like, rip all that language away... Take it away. All that's kind of left is just connection and needs and people wanting to fill those needs. And to me, I think, I just think that's... I don't know. Yeah, the beauty of what living is, I think, and, like, the point of there being other people than just us. What is a way that you personally show love without being like I love you (laughs) um I don't know I think I try to give people the things that I wish I think I come back to that thing that people have said about we give people the love that we wish we'd received yeah so I think I try to yeah show people that they're like respected and cared for and wanted around in ways that I wish I'd felt sooner in my life and more yeah. often in my life, I think is my basic answer to what you're saying. Because I think with you, I the way I feel love from you is you just take such an interest in people. Like you you like I you ask so many incredible questions with such curiosity and interest. Like is that something that you that you wish that you had? Oh, sure. Absolutely. 100%. Mm. Yeah. Yes. And it's a thing that I guess I've never really spent much time thinking about specifically in that fashion. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, part of that would come from, like, a bit of loneliness and a bit of, like, Ugh. feeling, maybe, whether or not it was true, like, a feeling of disinterest from people around me, I suppose, would be yeah. the birthplace of some of that, I guess. But, but you're I, so interesting. Sure, sure. That's very kind. What about <laughs> you? What, what are you, is it largely, like, physical with the way that you express your affection to people? I think so. I, like... I have to be aware that sometimes the physical, like, being, like, reassuring, hugging, whatever, it's also, that's that's also very much for me. I'm just like, love, like, hmm. just comfort, I guess. Yeah. But I think, you know, a way, you know, it's just in thoughtfulness for them, mm-hmm. like, letting someone know, hey, I thought about you, this thing came up and it made me think of you. I think thoughtfulness and mm-hmm. empathy... Right. And being open-minded. Okay. Yeah. Like, you know, people make mistakes. And I think I've, you know, I have lots of friends who, you know, 
made mistakes. We all make mistakes, but just being like, just letting people know that you're there and being a presence, even though they don't know that they need. I don't know. Like I, there was a friend who I had, um, who had was having a really, really terrible time, and like when you're approaching something really complex that they were going through Hmm. you're just like god how do i even begin to to let them know that i love them and i'm here for them without directly addressing because you don't we i was just like i can't directly address what's going on it's very tragic Hmm. and it's just like well i'm just gonna send her a bunch of dog memes (laughs) it's just like yeah yeah it and it's just like hey here's some stuff just to just just bring a smile to your face. Yeah, yeah. And I'm here if you need anything, but even just be aware that I'm here. This is really sweet. Mm, sure. This is a really gorgeous moment. Let's turn cold then. Yeah, Let's, fuck Well, it. this isn't cold. I guess it's just cold by comparison. Yeah. I just want to, like, there was some, oh my, like, this cast was so talented. The Incredible. musicianship was amazing. Like, to find a bunch of people that are capable of such dramatic performances with musical performances. I, and to maintain the energy like they do and to create this entire world that is yes. just kind of like, a backdrop, a piano sometimes, and their musical instruments and mm-hmm. their bodies yeah. was nuts. Um, but yeah, but I just want to like especially just loudly say the name of Stephanie Kakamo, who played Girl. Uh. <laughs> just in the way of like, she took with, like, on paper, mm. you could make an argument for Girl to be almost like musical theatre's answer to the Manic Pixie Dream Girl phenomenon. Just ah. in the way of, like, she kind of comes out of nowhere. She comes, <laughs> seems to, like, immediately devote her life to this man. Yes. And seems to be driven so exclusively for a lot of the plot to his happiness and what, like, he needs to fix himself. Sacrificing her. Yes. And, and just be like, no, I don't have anything going on. I'm just going to make your life better. And I'm no. just going to kind of be, like, a supporting character yes. in your protagonist journey. Yes. Um, which, of course, does not <laughs> continue to be the case. No. But it skates that way for a while. Mm. Um, but, yeah. But it, irrespective of that... Do, trope being debatably in action Mm. Stephanie's performance was just like there was such like this unwavering warmth to the entire thing yes and was like these types like a type of such a recognisable type of woman that I always find so captivating and in you know men or whatever too but these qualities of like and let me know if you felt these ways about this Mm. character but it was like the the expression of you know there's people that have like they clearly have a lot of integrity, a set of ideals, yeah. rules they live by, and live quite impressively, like, strictly by. Yeah. And that always intimidates me because I'm much more of, like, a... No <laughs> idea what's going on! I'm much yes. more of a floopy doofus who oh. has, like... And what I a also... floopy doofus you are. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, 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 too, have, like, rules for myself and, like, boundaries that I will not cross. But it's, like, they're not ones that I seem to, like, butt up against. But one of the, she's one of these characters that has these, like, rules that are often in play with her engagements with people and she has, yeah. you know, and they're very much at the forefront. Those types of people always make me very nervous mm. but she also has that marvellous capacity to also be, especially in the musical moments, yeah. to be very free and soft and open and energised. Oh, and it's, Yeah, it's like what, somehow it seems almost as if she's one of those people where it's like because of the rigid structure that she's created for herself with her own expectations and yes. boundaries, she's then more able to be open and loving and free in yes. the times that she can allow herself to be. And I also thought her comic timing was really wonderful as Super well. Super funny. Yeah. Super funny. It's just like, didn't miss a beat. Like, bang, she was on it. And mm. it was just like, just brilliant. <laughs> she played it so beautifully mm. and with such with such wit. Um, again, I'll briefly cut into this lovely conversation with one of my tedious, what, but what about the gay experience? <laughs> <laughs> Bring me the guys! <laughs> so there's a gay character in the show. Oh, 
There's a, a gay man. brilliant character. And this is going to be great character. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, sure. Amazing. Yeah. And uh, I was just grateful that he was there, honestly, because, you know, it's yeah. good to have one. Representation <laughs> matters. Yeah. <laughs> we um, got one. But we got I one just, in there. I wanted just to, like... <laughs> just, I just I wanted to appreciate this, like, tiny, upsetting gay moment that happened. Oh, just yes. because if I don't... Who will? Who will? <laughs> You're speaking for them. It was like after they finished the recording session of making the guys yes. album. And then the one of the straight guys uh. is sort of like, says that he's going to like walk home with the gay guy. And that seems to have been like a little journey they've gone on, like of acceptance. Aww. And then there's like this big moment where the straight guy so like finally feels comfortable hugging the gay one. Oh, bless. and then the yes. gay one has to sort of like I don't know resignedly kind of like put his head down on the man's shoulder oh. and then kind of like coldly pat him on the back as they walk on their merry way together. Oh. I just wanted to flag that as just like a very recognizable gay moment that happens, where it's yeah. like you know like <laughs> having to simultaneously perform. Like gay gratitude and uh, and, ex- and I don't know being glad that this person's trying to make you feel safe, but at the same time having to like somehow find a way to at the same time show that you aren't also secretly trying to have sex with them. Ah, okay. <laughs> you know, j- just out of the fear that they will misread any so- like type of warmth coming from you. So. Is this this is something you've got you've had to deal with a fair bit? Oh, of course, oh, yes. And yes. it's just nice. And again, with us talking moments ago about projecting our shit onto things. Yes. I just like to, I just wanted to point out that I was grateful to, however consciously it was done or not, I was grateful to see that on a stage and get yeah. to have a moment of like, yes, yeah. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> I've done that many, many times. Get your social moments. Oh, there it is. There it is. No, that's really lovely. Sure. I don't even know if it's lovely, but it's just like a thing that I wanted to point out, I guess. Because <laughs> yes. I said it and I haven't stopped saying no, it. No, <laughs> it's important because it's like, I mean, obviously have that to have that experience there, that like common, like, oh yes, have you seen that, that gif of Leonardo DiCaprio? I can't remember. It was like, oh, what's that Quentin Tarantino one? Which one? Uh, the the Hollywood one. Oh, once upon a time in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, and it's him just pointing at the TV in that moment of recognition. Oh, sure. I feel like that's you. <laughs> that's you, but a on the bit. stage, like I do that too. Yes, I do that too. Gay sadness. Gay. <laughs> the gays. <laughs> Georgie, thank you so much for being here, my God. My God. What a goddamn thrill. Jake Cameron Stewart, <sighs> you just the highlight of my life. You have no idea. <laughs> um, best oh. of luck. I hope you become one of the Starlight Captains. I hope something good happens. Ever? Like, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I just hope I get some fulfillment in my life. No. <laughs> yeah, I hope all our smiles aren't behind us. <laughs> no, no, you know. But, yeah, no, let's something. Thumbs up. Okay, good. This is good and vague. Yeah, good. good. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's such a goddamn privilege. I've been, been a fan of this podcast since day dot baby. <laughs> I know all the characters. <laughs> um, well, yeah, as usual, we may already disagree with everything we just said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And guess what? What? Friends, don't let friends become goddamn theatre critics. That's goddamn true. Don't do it. Oh my god, praise Dionysus. Praise (laughs) him. Praise him. Praise him. Oh my god, thank you for being here, Georgie. Thank you for having me, I love you. I love you, what a co-host.